Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm here with Oprah Winfrey. Oprah, thank you. Thank you so much for finally letting me tell people about us. You were a part of literally my consciousness. And you me too. You were my everything. It was so painful to not be able to tell anyone about us. You've never told because you know that it wasn't safe to tell. I know. Well, you're a powerful woman and you never let me forget that. The threats. I would disappear off the face of the earth. That was a really big thing for me to say that to you. I'm glad that I did. I never regretted it. I'm glad you had no regrets, but I mean, I had facial reconstructive surgery. What do you make of that? Look at me. I look like a monster. It's making me cry because I'm thinking about, shoot, I wasn't going to cry here. Um, It's making you cry because this is a horrible face to look at. Look at what you made me do. Look at this. It irritates you, I could tell. It irritates me because why would you want to hide it? Why would I want to hide it? You sadistic woman. Look at this face. No one can look at this face. It's monstrous. It's disgusting. It's distorted. You made me do it. And it's all because of you, Oprah Winfrey. I have no regrets about that. I have none. 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 Am I really going to do this? Am I really going to let you eavesdrop in on my first date with a total stranger? That's nerve-wracking. It was nerve-wracking enough being on a date with someone that I didn't even know. Talking into microphones, wearing speakers on our head, staring at each other, being recorded, hearing each other all too well. Nerve-wracking it was. And nerve-wracking this is. But what the hell? Hey, you know how it goes. After you've been on a couple of first dates, they often start to feel like job interviews or podcast interviews. So I figured, hey, you want to do our first date as a podcast? And she said, hell no, that's crazy. So I asked another girl and she said, nothing because she totally ghosted me. Then I asked another and another, and another, until I found someone with a sense of adventure. So here it is, my date with a girl, a total stranger that I met on Tinder. Um, I don't have any wine glasses, sorry about that. I don't actually like wine glasses. I oh, good. To, um, drink out of it. I have a mug or a cup. Yeah. Oh, awesome. a whiskey glass. I find it sort of pretentious. Cheers. Cheers.
Thanks. Mm. Yeah, I was trying not to open the bottle of wine, but I was like, you know, nerves and <laughs> the wine settles it. Um, do I, should I move over there? Yeah, that's your seat right there. We'll put this bottle of wine right there. Okay. Are you, uh, have you ever spoken into a microphone? And those your headphones right there? Okay. Um, yes, not in a long time and not like this. <laughs> Well, I often feel, I think I said this in a text message, I often feel like dates are like job interviews. Yeah, yeah. Good job interviews, hopefully. Right. Jobs you want, but like the interview part, you know, is like not really related to the job. Right. Yeah, so you can get right up on that mic. Should I? Yeah, you should. Yeah, you can, you can your lips can touch the uh, puffy part. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> and let me know if you want more volume. No, it's good. Here, let me adjust that a little bit. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for doing this, first of all. And I'd like to say that you look like your pictures. Oh, good. Yeah. Is not Is that not often the case? Um, yeah, I've learned a couple of things from doing Tinder. And this is going to sound horribly vain, but like if you don't see a full body shot, that's a red flag. Uh, Have I you? I don't think I have any real full body shots. You do. You have one. Okay. Of you, you're lying down. So right. it's also like, hmm, why is she lying down? Is she trying to hide something? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have nothing to hide. I just don't think I have that many photos of my of me of my full body. I don't know why. Like I don't, um, I don't pose for pictures in bikinis or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I know people say there's a lot of that. Um, just not my style but. yeah I mean I feel bad because my profile is a lot of me performing with a microphone and that's like really the only time anyone ever take, cares to take a photo of me anyway why do you feel bad about that because it does seem very vain like a glamour shot like oh look at me I'm a performer yeah no I didn't read it that way you didn't okay no. I mean it was gave me a sense of what you do of you know who you are I've gotten a couple, like, women being like, what do you love, microphones? Charming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I find, uh, well, I have a lot of complaints about Tinder, but one of them is, like, the way people, the way the people I'm connecting with on Tinder, at least, I won't speak for everybody, but what I'm experiencing is, like, I'll ask a question to start a conversation. Well, first of all, women, like, rarely say anything first so i'll wait and then i'll i'll say something and ask a question and then they'll respond with like a dead-end answer <laughs> i bet i do a little bit of that too but like if and then i reenact the conversation in a real life situation i'm like oh if that happened like while we were walking or something or at a bar or whatever i would get the impression that they didn't want me to talk to them right right and then do you ever get past that yeah, I say just that in the in the Twitter in the Tinder conversation. I'll be like, "Okay, I'm getting the impression that you don't want to talk to me, so I'm going to let it go." Because and then they'll then they'll respond, "Why do you get that impression?" Right? Be like, "Oh, because you're just answering me with dead end answers, and you're not asking me anything back, or you're not engaging me in this conversation." Right. I think there's sometimes I have the feeling if uh, just responding is saying, "Oh, hey, okay, I'm open to having a conversation with you," but often sometimes I just am not. You know, the intro is just, it's like, hello, okay, hello. 
I'm going to sort of wait. Yeah, do you get a lot of guys just saying, hey? Yeah, which I, which I get. I bet um, uh, women don't respond very often, so it's sort of like wait until you see if someone actually wants to talk to you. Um, before you put much before into it. put much energy into it. I assume that, there's, that those guys are saying hey to many, many, many women. You do, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. Which is, I, which is fine. I mean, it's a dating site. Like, uh, and it's harder for men than women, um, I assume. Oh, that's a very uh, compassionate view there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but don't you think? I mean, it's harder for That it's men harder on, for men? Yeah. I would, yeah, I feel like I'm doing most of the work, to be honest. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, I also, I guess I've been on there for a little while, but I, I am pretty suspicious of Tinder. Like, I'm sort of, like, half, half participating. And I'll have, like, you know, a night where I'm just sort of, like, you know, maybe a little bit bored, had a couple glasses of wine, like, okay, I'll, I'll give this a go and look and see if there's someone I want to talk to. And then I yeah. will just ignore it for, for months. Right. Um, and I'll be like, okay, maybe I'll go back and see what's going on there. So I assume I'm not the only one that that does that a little bit. Yeah. Do you find it addictive a little bit? Uh, I've definitely had afternoons where I, you know, was swiping a lot, just, just like really, like just sort of like wanting to see, like who's on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm pretty fascinated with um, uh, people's experiences on. Uh, with internet dating too i just the whole thing is kind of fascinating yeah i find it really fascinating too and you know from a logical perspective it makes total sense to me like it's way more it's way more rational than going to a bar and like meeting whoever's at the bar yeah i mean part of that actually puts me off a little bit too um i assume you're on other dating sites too i'm not actually oh just tinder yeah you just got on tinder that was your yeah, I did OkCupid a couple years ago, and it's just too much. Like, what I hate about internet dating is all the back and forth before we meet. Right. And I found that actually, if I do too much, like if I connect with someone too much on text before we even meet, it makes it so hard if I'm not into it. Right. Yeah. So one thing that, so I I was I am on OkCupid and had the same you know sort of like maybe using it, maybe you know doing it, and then just ignoring it for a while, but um. The thing that bothers me about that site and that really turns me off is I feel like it looks like there are so many people out there and you can just, and it's like shopping, like shopping for shoes. You're just like trying to, you know, figure out what the perfect fit is and what oh, you're yeah. looking for. And that kind of, uh, is not the way that we interact with people. It's just not the way that you get along with people. It's not based on the fact that you've read the same things or you like the same music. Yes, that's, that's something, yeah. but that's not why we like each other. Um, yeah, but on the other hand, like if you like the same music, would that mean that you're more apt to get along? Not necessarily. Not necessarily, because right? it's all chemistry, right? Right, it's all chemistry. And and look, it, it, mat like it matters to me to know um, that my politics might align with someone a little bit. That's important to me. That's sort of fundamental or uh -huh. that like, you know, someone doesn't think that like gay marriage is a sin, you know, like that's important that I have that. But, but there's something about having so much information and so many people there that it's like, you can just sort of like evaluate and assess and like, ah, it's not quite find something wrong with their profile and 
not meet them or like the you're opposite. shopping for drapes or something yeah, like you're shopping for drapes or the opposite which is that someone's profile seems perfect mm-hmm. um and then you know you meet them and it's it's not because there's you know no chemistry yeah anyway um i brought that up because i think um one of the things that made me interested in uh tinder um was that it seems a little bit more the way that you meet people in real life. That's why I like it, yeah. Um, I mean, people say that it's really superficial, but I, I think we read things in people's faces. Totally. You know? And it's not just, like, I'm not looking at someone just to see, like, are they good looking? That's not what it makes me decide to swipe someone right or left. It's mm-hmm. like... Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it matters. It matters that yeah. you're attracted, that, you know, you would find someone attractive. Right. Um, but it's also, you know, how they choose to present themselves. Like you said, like, are they posing like, you know, muscly? Right. Are they like trying to show off their like fancy suit? Are they, you know, or do they look like a regular person? Do they seem. Yeah, a picture. I mean, either just you can read things in people's faces. Absolutely. Sometimes, like, uh, I know it's going to be a match. Just based it like if the girl is like someone that I would totally get along with, right before I swipe right, I'm like, I know it's going to be a match, and then yeah, half the time it's a match. Yeah, well, for, I mean, it's for women. I feel like men just like swipe right on everyone and wait to see, and then yes, and then I so can, I just assume that it's just every single person that I does that happen to you swipe. Everyone you swipe right is a match. Yes. And if it's not a match that day, it's because they haven't gotten Got me yet or yet. something. Yeah. That's what, I mean, I, I'm probably exaggerating a little bit, no, but yeah, for not. the most part. Most, um, most men I know, and I probably know more like the artsy fartsy type of guys. And even those guys, they don't even look, they're just swiping right. It's just like real life. You know, they're just right. like whoever. Yeah. I, I don't do that actually. Cause I enjoy looking at the pictures and like getting a feel for the people. Right. Right. But yeah, most men just swipe right. I actually thought it would be a great idea for someone to invent an app that just like swiped right automatically. So you could just like a hundred, hundred a day, you could just swipe right by right. pressing one button. Um, yeah, there, someone sent me in um, like a, a little um, GIF of uh, like a, a thumb machine swiping Tinder right. For, <laughs> for guys. Which was what guys do. Yeah. Very, very right on. So I guess maybe for women, that's that's the work that you have to put in is you have to go through and discern where a lot of men are just swiping right on everything. I mean, I sort of, I don't, I don't care if, you know, if they, you know, if they didn't really look at me, if, you know, once a conversation starts, it's like, you know, they want to have a conversation that's yeah. not, well, um, well, even a conversation, even a text conversation, it's so hard for it to like, like already right now, the conversation that we've had. Is has carries way more weight than any text conversation we can have. Even though there's a sort of like intimidating microphones in front of us and recording. Yeah, it's like we're letting people eavesdrop in on our, on our date. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> so am I? Do I resemble my? Uh, no, you do. Yeah, yeah. I no, do. You look like you look like your pictures. Although your pictures are really different. Like I can't tell. Yeah. I, I mean, now that I see you, it sort of makes sense, but it's sort of like, do you look like, will you look like that picture or that picture? You look like kind of like different people in different, different Is it photos. because of the facial hair? Sometimes I have facial hair. No, sometimes I, don't I don't think that's it. I think it's different your expression. Yeah. I think it's your expression. Like there's something different in your face and your different expressions. Yeah. I found that in yours too. Like some, sometimes you looked like 
kind of like a wild party girl. Oh, God, I don't know. And sometimes you totally look like a professional, which you are. Which photos make me look like a wild party girl? Um, I think I looked recently and it was like maybe your third or fourth one. You know, you just, you cut, who, whoever is you're hanging out with, you cut them out and you kind of look like you're out having a good time. Interesting. I'll have to go back and look and see which one that is. Yeah. Have you done a lot of these Tinder dates? I've done a handful. Mm-hmm. I've done a handful. Got any horror stories? What's been your worst one? The worst... Hmm. The worst one was there was a guy who, who like, said that he listed, like, that he was a Harvard man or something like that. And it turns out that, like, he had actually just... Um, done some like freelance work for someone at Harvard or take or like I can't even remember exactly what it was but it was just like such a pretentious like bullshit thing I was really just shocked that he and it came up in conversation when you met yeah, up with I, him yeah I asked you know so I was like oh so you know I definitely did not go out with him because he'd gone to Harvard but he definitely was pretending that he had when he had not yeah like he was just presenting like really like a pompous presentation of himself but I mean, that wasn't even that bad. Um, uh, I mean, the the hardest, I mean, like you said, is sort of like, uh, I, or I find the hardest is getting out of a date that where they're interested and I'm not. Yes. Um, and not seeming like an asshole. Yeah. And when does that happen? Like at the second drink time? That's why I was glad to do this because like I've been on several of these where you go, you meet at a bar and it's awkward and you have a drink and then it's, oh. The second drink is really the decider on if we're hitting right. it off. Right. And I don't know. Should I? Am I being a jerk if I don't have the second drink? Oh, really? Is that a concern of yours? Like, if you're not feeling it for a date? Yeah. You know, I had I had an internet date once, um, an OKCupid date, a, a long time ago, like what a, a prior sort of venturing into internet dating. Yeah. Um, where. This guy who was a perfectly nice guy, but I just knew I wasn't interested. I knew mm-hmm. I wasn't interested pretty pretty quick. Like within the first five minutes? Within the first five minutes. And I, and I had a beer, and then, you know, I said that I, you know, was going to go. And he said something to me, and I was like, I, I don't remember exactly, exactly what I said, but I was straight, I was super straightforward. I was like, look, you seem like a really nice guy, but... Um, Why, did he give you, like, I'm, problems with leaving? Yeah. yeah. So oh, then, red flag so, right there. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he gave me a little bit of a hard time, but I was very straight up with him. You know, like, look, I'm, 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 I like you. You seem really nice, but I don't think it's going to work out or whatever. And um, and he sent me a series of really angry texts. Wow. Uh, saying that I hadn't given him a chance, and that you know, just really accusatory that I was, you know, because I hadn't like even, you know even been open to getting to know him or something like that oh poor guy was he really ugly or just no he just i just wasn't interested just like i he just wasn't appealing to me like he was a an appealing human like you know he wasn't like a repulsive human being he didn't offend me or anything (laughs) this wasn't the harvard guy right no okay um yeah no that was uh did you tell him it's because you didn't go to harvard yeah i told him it was because he didn't go to harvard um (laughs) Yell yeah. is unacceptable. I've had I like I actually started to get nervous about giving people my actual phone number because I had that experience and then I had a another one that same sort of 
period when I, I only went on a few um, internet dates. It was a few years Really? Did he, did he keep texting you like he was blowing he up He texted me a, bu- a bunch, yeah, that day. I finally, finally let up. Well, but, you have an yeah. iPhone, so, so you can block him now. Yes, yes. It's good. Um, but there was, this was a time when I was, um, I was clerking for a federal judge, uh, and... I, um, and I'd gone on one date with this guy and then at the end, you know, like I had a drink and I had said, you know, again, just was very straightforward that I wasn't interested. And, um, and then he started sending me the next day while I was at work, like really dirty texts about what he wanted to do to me mm-hmm. while, you know, which, you know, like they pop up on your screen and I, I'm sitting there at work actually in court. Um, next to the other clerk and the judges behind me and these things are like pop and freak the f- I, to- like I mean I turned my phone off disconnect was, context it's also I mean it was incredibly hostile you know like right. I mean it was sexual you know about wanting to like bend me over and you know but it was but it was I mean it was really hostile and this was after you did after, after I had said to him yes after the date and I had said to him I am not interested hmm. why, why did you have to say you're not interested can you just be like alright that I mean did he kind of demand that from you um, a little bit. Like, I actually don't know if I, I, no, I didn't tell him that night, but he asked me out again. And that's when I said, I, oh. I said, I, I, you know, seemed like a nice guy, but right. I'm interested or whatever. I, I'm sure I put it more delicately than that. I hope. But, but he responded by telling me all the things he wanted to do to me. So someone and, asked oh, and you. kept doing it and kept, and like, until I, until I blocked him. That sucks. I'm sorry that happened. Okay. I mean, I find most women will just ghost me. If they're not I, interested, I just I, get no response. I I have done that, but mostly if I've gone if I've met someone in person, yeah. I don't know, I feel like they deserve a response. Mhm. Right? That it's a you know, a kindness to not just have, let someone wait to hear back from me and like say, you know, thanks for the drink, but I don't think I'm interested in going out again. Like I don't know if Everybody thinks that that's a kindness. I know some people don't want to know, don't want to hear an articulation of rejection, but I'd prefer someone communicate. We're human beings that like, you know, spent time together. Yeah. I I think that's really sweet and empathetic. I just wonder if it's the right decision. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just for your, for you. Um, I don't know. I've gotten, I'm definitely of that school. You want some more wine? Sure, it's helping me feel less weird about this. <laughs> me too. I've got. I'm. I'm definitely of that school, but um, I've gotten used to being ghosted. Yeah. And now, if I'm, well, it's not just from dating. It's from being in the entertainment industry. Right. You know, right. if you're trying to get a book, and if you're trying to get whatever, if right. you don't hear back, it's a no. Right. Um, I guess I've had experiences where, you know, I've gone on a few dates with someone, and then. I mean, been you know, been on the other side of it, and then not heard from them for a while, and found that really upsetting. So I don't want to do that to somebody else. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'd I'd prefer someone just say something and not leave me hanging. And have you done that where you got a respectful answer? Yes. You have. Yes. Yes. I'm glad to hear that. What? Yeah. And I and I appreciated it. You know, I really appreciated it. I appreciated the honesty. Yeah. What? What? what the, so you told them, "Hey, it was really nice meeting you. I'm just not interested." 
Well, that they, is, is that what they said to me? Is that what you're saying? No, you said to them, and then would they write you back? Like after you say you're not interested, would they write you back and say, oh, I appreciate your honesty, or would they say no, anything? No, I don't think anybody's said that to me. I think people have said something nice, like, okay, well, if you change your mind, or right. let me know, or, well, I'd like to see you again, but I understand, or something like that. Yeah. Which is, that's, I mean, that seems like the human, reasonable, grown-up person response. Yeah. It's also a good test. Like, sometimes I want to test people to see if they're going to be freaking crazy or not. So you would you would do that and see how they responded, and then if they responded well, you'd then ask them out again? In my, in my mind, I think that maybe that's a good litmus test. You know, or just, like, yeah. don't respond. Like, don't respond and see. I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I think New York's rubbing off on me. I'm feeling like there's a lot of crazy people out there. And I'm... Yeah. I feel like there are more assholes than crazy people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dating brings out the crazy in people, right? Yeah, it like does. Like people that aren't crazy in other aspects of their lives will. Well, it's so fragile. Our egos are so fragile. and Right, that's a huge part of it. Yeah, but the way I look at it is like it's not really too personal. It's just chemistry. You know, like chemistry, sometimes it doesn't happen right away, but sometimes it grows. Right. And I'll often give people the benefit of the, give women the benefit of the doubt if I'm feeling like, oh, yeah, it wasn't bad. We got along. I was able to talk. and That's good. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it, you don't know someone after one date. You really, I mean, you just have no idea whether or not you're really going to want to date the person. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you have all those, those first impression things and there is just you know that quality of interview that you have with a first date i do have a couple uh, a couple yardsticks though oh yeah what are that they? i've learned from uh and i don't think i want to br- I'm, I'm hesitant to bring them up because then you're going to watch out for them but i have like there's like a couple things that happen in first dates where i'm like oh that's happening that's not a good sign okay and, and what is it Tell me now. Now you have to say like you can't like you can't Um, bring that up and then not say. I'll tell you because I don't think that's going to happen. I could tell because you're smart. Okay. I could tell. What I find in first dates, if I know too much about their family life, it's often uh, not interesting. Like they're not going to be interesting enough because my theory is like a relationship. Most of the time in a relationship is spent in conversation. You know, like if you add up all the time spent together, most of it is spent in conversation, whether you're in a car, whether you're like on a train or whether you're just in bed lying together. Well, Well, certainly that's, I think, the most important part of a relationship is knowing if you actually enjoy talking to someone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So if, if I'm on a first date and I know they have two brothers, one sister, their aunt is in Minnesota. There all this stuff about them, all these facts about their family. It means family. You, you guys couldn't find anything else to talk about. Yeah, it's usually a sign yeah, that Yeah. Yeah. I could imagine that coming out when talking to someone, but I see what you're saying. Like on a first, like I could imagine it just happen, happening to come out. When it um, happens naturally, it's okay. Right. Like I know you're a lawyer, not because you mentioned it. You did mention it because we have the mutual connection right and i know you're a lawyer but you did mention that you were clerking in a court right so then if i didn't know you're a lawyer i would have been like oh what do you mean clerking and then you would have said oh i'm a lawyer right 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 and that's a good sign of how information would come up right 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 
Yeah, but if you're like, oh, yeah, I have a brother, I have a sister, I'm just right. in this, it's like, ugh. What, what's your other yardstick? That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's your only... That's, that's the big one. That's right. really the big one, yeah. So what is this, uh, what is your podcast about? Not this particular one, obviously, but what this is, is your... This one's your... all about you, baby. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> what is the general podcast theme? general podcast theme it's still kind of finding itself but generally it's just about subjects and things that i'm interested in do you mind if i pull this table closer so that i can put my wine not, glass down not or at my, all my not wine glass down on it? <laughs> here I... No, I got it. strong independent woman i don't know why i told people i, I was out with like some very old friends not out with like i went to a party at a very old friend's house on um uh, Saturday. See the fact that see that's information that I just filed in my brain. You told me of old friends. That's a good sign. <laughs> like someone that has old friends. That's a, that's a good thing about someone. You know. Yeah. No, that's true. But doesn't everybody? No. Some oh, people that's... don't hold on to friends. I I hold on to friends. Um, me it takes too. me a, it takes me a long time to actually become real friends with someone. But once I am, I don't let go. Um, not that not like holding it, but it's just like you know. Once you find someone that you really connect with, like yeah. why would you, why would you ignore that? You know, why would you stop right. seeing them? Um, but I was with friends that I've know, with people I known for twenty years. Right on on Saturday, and um, uh, and I I mentioned sort of late in the you know that I was doing this thing, and they. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they all thought I was insane. But part of it was that. Uh, they were trying to remind that I should be more worried about like what I put out in, in the world, mm -hmm. um, and I I get that I get that. I mean, I'm a lawyer. Like there are times when I'm sort of in the, as you know, there are times when I'm in somewhat in the public eye, right? And there are times when I I mean I could be much more in the public eye at times than I usually am, but. I don't know. Why Why did they say you should be concerned about what you put out in public? For your job reputation? Yeah. Yeah. My professional reputation. They like like that some that things could be come out on a first date that I really wouldn't want to put out there. Right. I mean I have a couple opinions about that. Well, first of all, you can always use a fake name. And second of all, this is we're entering like a new cultural shift where a lot of people are being very honest. And like just not even to mention like all the pictures and status updates right. and family that's all public on facebook or whatever right right like there's so much information about people that are out there that it's gotten to the point where i think most people just don't care that much right you know right i mean i think there are some fields where it doesn't matter and some fields where it would matter more i guess maybe i should even be concerned that people would know that i'm on tinder but i'm not um but I think probably more my field than your field. I should be a little bit more hesitant, right? Like, well, you're you're a public defender. I'm a public defender. Okay. Yes. So um, that means you have all like all your clients are people that can't afford a lawyer. Right. You're a state appointed lawyer. Yes. Yes. Right. The the yeah yes I am state appointed lawyer. So a lot. So you mostly are defending. Exclusively defending. Totally. Always defending. All criminal defense. That's all I do. That's all I want to do. Of, of poor people that can't afford. Of people that can't afford. Yes. Of people that can't afford a lawyer. No, I know very little about this, but what little I know is that you have a lawyer's degree. You've passed the bar exam. Right. 
and you make like the least amount of any lawyer. That is correct. It's like the most martyr thing you can do with a law degree. Well, so, so that's, that's part of it. Um, I don't make a lot of money, but I also have, I think, the funnest job you can have in law. Lawyers are really, really unhappy people. There are a lot of really unhappy lawyers. Uh-huh. Um, and I think this, I've heard that there are, that studies show that public defenders are some of the happiest lawyers. Because it's rewarding spiritually. So, so I mean, that's part of it. But mm-hmm. like, put that put that aside. I mean, that matters to me a lot. But put that aside for a minute. Um, and just in terms of like day to day gratification, like I do what people think when people think of trial lawyers and like TV shows. I'm doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, whereas most lawyers are not being the kind of lawyers that you you know that make f- for exciting television or exciting drama. Uh, most lawyers are, you know, sitting in an office, like drafting memos for like some, you know, higher up or, you know, sitting with clients that they have to be nice to, but they hate because, right. you know, they're getting paid. And you're in the um, courtroom battling almost, it out. And almost never, never see the inside of a courtroom. Right. And certainly for not for the first decade that they're attorneys. And then after that, it's very rare, rare maybe they'll do depositions. I'm in court almost every day. You are. Just... Um, yeah, almost every day. And and I'm and I am trying cases basically as often as I as I want to. I'm on trial and I like being on trial. It's it's fun and Do you win uh, a lot? I win a lot. You win a lot? High five. Thanks. I There we go. I'm I'm yeah, I win a lot. Um and uh and I mean the other thing is there's not a hierarchy in what I in my office. I like my cases are my cases, mm-hmm. and I handle them the way I want to handle them. I mean, part of that is because you know I've sort of earned my autonomy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I handle the heaviest cases that we get, and um, if I want to talk to a supervisor about a case, it's because I've chosen to talk to somebody else about the case right. because I am interested in their insight. And if there's another attorney on the case, it's because I've invited a person to be my second chair in a trial. Um, but my the strategy for my case, that's up to me. It's all you. And it's and you know I went to law school a little bit late in life and had not not shockingly as a public defender, I'm not great with authority. Um, and I you know it. Interesting. Wait, is that is that part of being a public defender? Like. I think a little bit. I mean, you're standing up to authority, right? Yeah, because... And cause, pushing back. Like, that's that's what we do. Is it, Like, it is our role to push back against the government. That's well, what we're there to do. Interesting, because our mutual friend is very much like that. She's yes. very anti-authority and kind of a badass like that. Yes, yeah. that is true. Well, you kind of have to be to be a public defender because you've gone through all this training and all this education... To defend, to well, A, to make very little money, but also defend, like, you Look, know. Look, I mean, sorry. Didn't, I, like, no, no, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, you know, I didn't know exactly how to shake There are people, l- lawyers that make a lot of money who are absolutely miserable, um, but obviously there are many, you know, many people that make a lot of money who are absolutely miserable. But how many people actually like the job that they go to every day. Right. And like that's, that, you know, I went to law school because I wanted to be satisfied and fulfilled in what I actually did every day. That's the big win. 
um, yeah, I mean, liking your job, like, who, who fucking likes their job? Excuse my language. Um, also, public defenders swear like sailors. That's oh, really? Just you a could, sort of a known fact. You can we swear on court, no problem? Oh, no, 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 not, on the, re- right? not on the record. That's but with contempt. each other. It's just, a, it's just like a cult. It's a sort of hard-ass cult culture, you know? It's the, like, gallows humor kind of, like, um, right. tough well, you got to be a kind of defender. Yeah, kind of I mean, culture. you're kind of tough as nails in that courtroom, right? You, if you're going to be effective, you have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Now you probably get this question a lot, but what do you do when you're defend when you're because you're assigned to a case, so you can't say no, I don't want this case, right? You, you can't. Although there's a little bit of, there's a w- little bit of wiggle room in there. Right. So I mean, what do you do when you're like, I'm pretty sure this guy's guilty. Oh, I don't care at all. <laughs> Really? I, I really don't give a shit. If they're it guilty, is, it is will... not. It is absolutely not the first thing that I that occurs to me. All I, 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 I really don't care. Uh, I mean, it's certainly the hardest people to defend are the innocent because that is so stressful. It is so stressful if you think someone's going to, you know, be sentenced to basically a life incarcerated or years incarcerated, and and you. And you and you really think they're wrongly accused? That is so much pressure. Right, right. Um, look, it's a lot of pressure, no matter what. Someone's life is in your hands. Um, uh, but when I, I am concerned about whether or not um, we have a good defense, mm-hmm. whether or not the police acted lawfully, whether or not the person treats me in a respectful way. Um, your client, you mean? my client. Right, yeah. Right. If someone doesn't treat me in a respectful way, then I will get off of a case. You will ask to be removed from it. I will. Be, I will be removed. Why like, would someone treat their lawyer poorly? I mean, what a stupid thing to yeah, do. Yeah. So the only the only time I've ever requested, well, the, pretty much the only time that I've requested to be removed from a case is um, uh, someone accused of uh, pretty serious domestic violence. And you know, mm-hmm. shocker, the person right. wasn't very respectful of women and needed to like was playing this like power game with me. And I just won't do it. I won't play. Right. I won't engage. I mean, look, I don't want to belittle the I, the concern about about defending um, guilty people, uh, but so so I want to respond to that in a in a, in a more substantial way. Um, yeah, I mean, how how can you defend someone when you know they're guilty? Because you feel like it's just part of the justice justice system. It's important for the justice system, absolutely. Also, I'm I'm representing people who um, have absolutely no power, right? Because they have no money. Because they, they are they are poor people. They are people right. with n- with no money who have never had any power, and oftentimes just like totally traumatic life experiences. Um, but they're coming from a place of having absolutely no power. Um, I would not feel the same way that I do about my job if I was defending people that were wealthy and decided to commit a crime. Right. Um, but. Uh, they are facing this incredibly they're facing the government coming down on them mm-hmm. and and they do not have any other ally but me and I think it's really important that someone of strength sort of push back against um, you know against that that force coming down on someone like someone someone should be able to stand by them that's really going to going to stand up for them you ever defend a murderer um, so we don't um, at this point really we're moving. We're moving away from it. We don't take our office um, historically didn't take homicides for a, a very long time. It's based on financial reasons mm-hmm. because they weren't. We weren't paid any different 
than um, on any other case. So we just started taking homicides again. Um, and I would really like to, to pick one up. Um, uh, I, I, I have a bunch of attempted murders. But attempted murders. Attempted murders. Right. Where they were trying to kill a person, but they... Well, they the are happened. accused oh, right. of trying to kill a person. There, there's the language, right. Um, look, I, I also should say that um, people are, are innocent a lot more than... Of, of the crimes they're accused of, a lot more than people would assume. Really? They're, and, or... They're, they're innocent, meaning they're wrongly accused often... Um, but also, it's more complicated most of the time. Very rarely is it just cut and dry. Someone is guilty of what they're accused of. It's, the criminal justice system is not what people think it is. It's not what people see on TV. It's, um, I mean, for example, you know, uh, I'll speak abstractly about a case um, you're that, not I, have, allowed that to. I have right now. I, mean, I will speak about the, the public aspects of the case. Okay. Because there is stuff that's in the public domain. I can't disclose anything, um, you know, that's been said to me can, can you after the case is over? I can never disclose things that never. that were said to me um, in the relationship of the lawyer. Right, lawyer, right, right. Client lawyer. Client privilege. lawyer, yeah. Um, I see, I saw that on TV. <laughs> so, uh, right, like I've got an attempted murder right now where... Um, You're working on an attempted murder case? Yes, You're I have. I, I am defending someone who's accused of attempted murder right now. Wow. I mean, mo- I actually have multiple attempted murder cases right now. I probably have six or seven. How do you not get emotionally entangled with these people? Oh, I absolutely do. This guy, every time I see him, we hug. I'm like this guy, and you're not. I don't normally hug my clients. I'm normally very professional, but this is just one of those cases that just got at me do you really think um, he's innocent oh he is absolutely innocent wow. but but let me but let me, but i but let me preface this because because he actually he did the thing he is accused of that's why i wanted to say it's, it's more complicated he's accused of stabbing someone mm-hmm. um in the chest and that person had to have open heart surgery mm. now the fact is the reason he stabbed someone in the chest is because this terrifying thug came after him with a knife with another guy with a piece of metal metal pipe right. chasing after him and he at, at his place of work while he was working and they like waited outside for him because they felt slighted about something that happened inside the club where he works this is a guy who's like in college who works who's never had any contact with the criminal justice system before and um, my client that is and as the person is coming after him he he takes up the utility knife because he was outside putting like tearing down boxes um, when they when he got attacked sort of like at the end of the night taking out the trash and um, as the guy came at him he held he he took his knife and held it out this is not gang related absolutely not gang related my client has no gang affiliation Mm -hmm. not even remotely Um, it's 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 literally just a cup like a drunk guy well maybe he's he has gang related stuff his, the attacker. The attacker. Yeah. The attacker's, attacker's, nick, the attacker's nickname is, or what he goes by, the only name anybody knows him by, is semi-matic, as in like semi-automatic. Right. Um, Not a good sign. No. I mean, the, guy, the guy's, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, so, if you were on a Tinder date with someone that was like, call me semi-matic, you'd be like, no. maybe not. Um, so, so, I mean, that's just an example where, look, yes, 
he did the thing he is accused of. Right. But that's not the story. That's not the full picture. Um, and luckily, there's a reason. In that he case, did it. I was able. Well, self defense. Absolutely, it's absolutely self defense. And luckily, in that case, there were multiple witnesses mm-hmm. um, to the incident that were and that I brought to the prosecutor's office, and that they, you know, they took down their statements and and a decent prosecutor was on the case thankfully who recognized that that this was a lot more complicated than she initially thought and released my client um the case is not over because she's investigating further but uh she you know my my client was you know he was in jail for about six days on this case just terrified like just being this sort of like young naive very sweet kid who's never you know all of a sudden finding himself in this like incredibly violent place which is Rikers Island this is still going on right now oh the case, case is still going on and he's, is, he's out on bail now now he is no they decided to um, release him instead of putting the case into the grand jury when they were obligated to in order to hold him because the prosecutor decided rightfully after interviewing my witnesses that she uh, that she needed to investigate the case further I don't think this oh. case is ever going to get presented to the grand jury because mm-hmm. it is so obvious to me that this is that he was was defending himself. So um, you're not you're not trying to prove his innocence. You're trying to prove that he was just defending himself. You're right, saying well, that does make him innocent of the charge. Innocent of because, the charge because he right, right? like yeah. he he did he committed the factual act that he's accused of. Interesting, but he is not legally guilty of anything because right. you have a right to defend your life. So, I mean, there are lots of, so that's why, like, when people say, I know non-lawyers say, like, well, did the person do what they're accused of? It's like, oftentimes they factually did what they were accused of, but they're innocent. Right, but it's nuanced. There's all these nuances. Right, right. Yeah, this happens. And, um, yeah, so anyway, but but most, I find that most cases... I mean that's an extreme example. On God, one even side. just talking about this, like I could tell that you're you do get emotionally involved in your cases. But even just hearing about it, it's like oh my God, this guy's life is hanging in balance, and you're in charge of it. I mean, right. you're holding his life in your right. in your hand. It's yes. so intense. Which is a lot of responsibility. Um, just, I, but you know, we we got him out, and like you know, he was like it was the scariest experience that he'd ever had was being incarcerated on this case. Um, and so, even though it's unprofessional, when whenever his whenever his case is on, we hug. He yeah. hugs. He hugs me in gratitude. Well, and I it's, mean, and I, I, I know in 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 principle, especially as a female attorney who's um, relatively young, or at least appears relatively young, like being professional is important. But sometimes there are just those cases that are that emotional. Yeah. Well, it's good you're not a monster. I'm not a monster. <laughs> I mean, like, after a while, like, I would imagine, I don't know how long you've been doing it yet, but, I mean, you will get jaded. I think when people get so jaded that they don't care about their clients, it's time to do something it's else. It's time to do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, I would say that with any job. Yes, yes. But, no, it certainly happens. I mean, look, I'm more jaded than I was when I started, and I've only been doing this for five years. Five years, yeah. Um, But jaded in the sense that I'm just... um a little bit more inoculated to uh, the sort of daily injustice that are, that my clients face. Well, jade, getting jaded is also a survival mechanism. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, before gallows humor, like you can't, you can't do this without making light of some very serious things. Right. Well, it's just not going to survive. 
That's why I love humor so much because it's so necessary yeah. to just laugh off some stuff. You yeah. got to. Yeah. All right. So I'm. Uh, I guess I feel like the interview subject, and uh, which is not, it's not an even sort of first date type of thing. You know what though. Right? Just to be fair, this happens to me a lot because I'm genuinely curious about people and I end up, this happens to me a lot on my dates. I end up knowing way more about my date than they know about me. Right. Well, this, this dynamic definitely creates that because I, I do feel like I'm being interviewed. I'm your subject in your, in your show. Yeah. Right. Even though we're on mics right now. And it feels like an interview. This is pretty much what happens to me on dates. I often end up knowing quite a bit about my dates and they know nothing about me. Even the girl that I mentioned before, uh, where I know how many brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and where they live and all that. Like I left that date like wanting to shoot myself in the head. And I'm like, God, like she doesn't even know that I have two brothers. Right. You know, and I know not only about our brothers and sisters, but I know about where they live. I know about their aunts and uncles. Do you, how do you feel about the fact that you're the, the, that you have these dates and people don't find out much about you? Well, I'm a good listener. I've been told that enough where I know that I'm a good listener, but, um. But is that gratifying or do you feel like? It doesn't bother me really. Like it bothers, it bothers me in the sense of where I'm like, well, why didn't they ask about me? But then my rational mind steps in like, oh, well, especially here in New York City, people are very attention deprived. And uh, that's what's great about therapy is you get to talk about yourself for an hour. Right. Who doesn't love that? Right, right. So I often end up the therapist on my dates. And I don't know. Obviously, it's not good, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not, <laughs> a, it's not an even dynamic. It's not What do balanced. I do about that? How do I, I stop no, that? I have no idea. I have no idea how to, how to stop that. Well, you just put the brakes on that conversation because you're like, well, this is all becoming about me. You became aware of that. Yes. Yes. That, I guess that's one way, to, one way to stop it. Well, you stopped it. I did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Although I, I have now not actually asked you anything about yourself. I just... <laughs> right. I mean, part of your brain, your subconscious was like, let's go back to talking about me. <laughs> Which is no, totally No, actually, fine. no. I'm, no, that's, that's not... That's actually not it at all. I, I do... I would like it to be uh, more. Um, I would like dating to be. I do want dating to be balanced. Like I want to share things, but I want to share things because someone's interested. And I, but I also would like to learn about the other person and yeah, and mean, be interested in the other person, right? Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to force anything. No, you know? of, cor of course not. Um, but you know, it's nice when you can stumble upon something where like you both have things to share about it. Yeah, well, I, I'm genuinely interested. I mean, what you do, and in my brain, I was thinking about how similar our jobs are. Oh, really? Yeah, because like... How so? And which job? Because it sounds like you have a few. Well, the one that earns me actual cold, hard cash right. is uh, audio engineer. Right. Like I do audio stuff. So often I'm dealing with people's baby. It's like... Um, you know, they're recording their album with me or they're, I'm working on their film project. So it's kind of like this very, uh, you know, it's very important to them. Right. Much right, like right. your clients. It's like you're, I mean, but you, but it's more for you, more in, intense for you because you're dealing with, you know, they're going to be in a cage or they're right, going to be in the free right. world. Right, right, right. But, um, this isn't my thing. This is like a common thing with audio engineers is that, uh, it's like 85% psychology and like 15% audio. 
Right, right. And like a lot of times I'll have clients that are like, you know, you deal with all kinds of stuff like the ego breaking down or they finally hear, you know, they've been like for years they've thought that they were like this great singer-songwriter and then they hear themselves back recorded well and they realize, oh, I'm not that good. And you have to deal with that. I have to deal with that. Right. I can imagine people, yeah, incredibly raw. Like here is their their best effort, the thing that they're focused on in their life and um, and they're putting it out there and hearing it and have every insecurity, I'm sure, would come out. Every insecurity comes out. And I've had people have nervous breakdowns. I've had people cry. I've had people be like so deluded where I'm, where I'm like, oh, that's, I'm thinking to myself, that's really off key. Right. They're singing, for example, is really off key. And they're like, I nailed that. That is dope right there. <laughs> Just send it right to Warner Brothers. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, you, and you, in, and the egos that I'm sure you deal with. I mean, people who want to be famous must uh, have just like. I mean, you're dealing with people that have these these huge egos, and 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 you know, having a huge ego also often has that flip side of being incredibly um, insecure. Yeah, well, on the I, other I, side, absolutely. And I have my th- a theory I have is like the more pompous they are, the, the more insecure. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think that's true. I mean, I yeah. I mean, that's my experience too. Yeah. So, do you record people when you don't like their music? I do. And uh, this is going to sound like bullshit, but it's very true. Like, when I'm recording someone, it almost doesn't matter because I'm listening for production. Kind of like it doesn't matter if my clients are guilty or innocent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I guess that's what I'm doing when I'm asking about your life and stuff is like, I'm processing it and I'm thinking about it in terms of my own life. But yeah, absolutely. Like when you're talking about your client relationship, I was like, oh, it's kind of similar to mine. And yeah, I didn't think of that in particular, but it's kind of true. It doesn't matter how, what their music is. I don't have an opinion because I'm not listening to that. I'm listening for the production. Do you feel differently about what you're doing when you love the music? Uh, like it starts off when I first hear it I'll be like oh I love this music and then once I get into it it doesn't matter what the music is and that's really the truth it doesn't matter if it's great or the only what when it's great music it's just like oh it sounds good I barely have to do anything they're talented right. it's like from, right. from doing what I do I really just like lost um, admiration for these great producers like uh, whoever uh, Butch Vig that n- recorded Nirvana. Yeah, why would you lose aspiration or admiration for them? Because they're working with amazing people. Like from working with amazing, talented uh, people. You don't think there? It doesn't take much. You don't think there are um, there are recordings where it actually really was the producer that made it great? Yes, absolutely. There are definitely those when they. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, people say that about, like, Phil Spector and, like, some of the, right? Like, or yeah. some of the, like, that it was that it was really... Yeah, because Phil Spector created voice. a sound. Right. And where, or, where like, some hear. of the, right, some of the soul studios. Right? Yeah, Motown. Motown had a thing. They had, like, a whole factory of songwriters and musicians where, like, they actually, like, bolted everything to the floor. And, right, and stacks, right? Stack, yeah, exactly, yeah. There's absolutely or that. Sun Studios. Mm-hmm. And- Sun, see, Sun Studios is an example of... Really? It's like Elvis and Johnny Cash walked in 
Right. And the guy happened to have a microphone, and he okay. got lucky. He all just right. struck it, Rich. Stru- he struck oil. Right, right. That's, that's all. Fair. That's, that's all fair. that happened. But um, if you hear like Butch Vig, who's the guy that recorded Nevermind, Nirvana's Breakthrough, there's now on the internet Nevermind the demos right. that they recorded just with like a mic in the rehearsal studio. It's really amazing. Gotta say, some of my, well, I'm thinking of one in particular, but I have favorite albums of all time are uh, basically the demo. The, the, usually the demo, right? Because you get the raw emotion right. of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like one of my favorite all-time albums is um, Springsteen's Nebraska, mm-hmm. which is, it was just him sort of like, I mean, it was basically his him and his eight, and an eight-track recorder that was supposed to just be the demo. And then they were like, mm, you know what? That's good. Leave it like that. That's the actual album that was released? Yeah. Okay, they didn't do much tinkering. Almost none. Right. Do you know the you don't know the album? No, I do. It's been a while since I listened. But I didn't know the backstory. That's my understanding of the backstory. Don't okay. don't quote me. I'm you know, I'm not reading from Wikipedia or anything, but my yeah. understanding is that um he had planned to make a regular studio album with these songs and um and then it was they're so like raw and simple. Right. Not to sound like a negative Nelly, of course, but you know, sometimes this is just this the press release. That's that's very possible. <laughs> but listen to him. I w- no, I, I like they do not it doesn't sound like his studio albums. Yeah. Like I'm I, I like Springsteen. I don't I don't love him and connect to everything he does the way that I connect to this album. Right. Yeah. It and is some very of it is down. the is how stripped down it is and the sort of rawness of it. It also, not surprisingly, there's a lot of criminal law themes in some of the songs that, oh, shockingly, they speak to me. (laughs) That's interesting because Springsteen is kind of the soundtrack for what you do. Yes, and that album is very much so. Like, I think maybe there's some of what attracts me to what I do. You're fighting for the blue collar. Right, right. Yeah. Do you ever, I mean... Like uh, with uh, with our mutual friend, I did some audio cleanup for one of her cases. It was a nine eleven nine nine eleven nine one one call, uh-huh. and uh, it was like really horrifying nine one one call. But I cleaned up the audio for her so she can use it. All right. Well, this is a whole other subject, but like one of her cases, they were using his. It was a rapper. They were using his rap lyrics as. Uh, evidence against him as evidence. they've been doing that more these days yeah it's which is a scary thing okay so you can use a person's art as admissible evidence against them yeah you can yeah why wow. why couldn't you because it's their art it's not yeah but if they're making admissions if they're if they're rapping about look i find it troubling as well because i think mostly um it's people telling stories and right. bragging and it's boasting fiction. it's fiction it would be like charging Stephen but, King but I also I see the other side in that which is that um, if, if someone were boasting about committing murders right. in a in rap songs would you really want them like those admissions to be immune from admissibility if if, if there was other evidence that they had committed this crime and they're I'm not talking like a defense lawyer right now but I I get why um, well you're not it would be admissible you I get do. why. Yes, I get. I get it. Is that? State? I also. I also find it troubling because I think oftentimes it's just. I, 
certainly in hip in like rap culture and hip hop culture, like certainly a lot of times it's just it's just bullshit boasting. Totally. Um, and that and so like if that is the basis for the prosecution entirely, I find that very troubling. Mm. Um, and and it especially makes me nervous uh, when these prosecutions are happening in jurisdictions where the jurors are all white and. Just hearing the rap lyrics for the white jurors would be like, oh my God, he's right, a murderer. Right, right. So you've got this like totally, you know, racist jury yeah. that doesn't, that's not really a jury of their peers. They've like, never even like heard it is, It terrifies me that someone would, would then become convicted of a serious crime based entirely on them saying something that was probably stupid in, in a lyric. Right. I honestly don't know where I stand with that. I'm not, I'm unsure. But you bringing up that, that subject, like, if an all-white jury that never listened to hip-hop heard a rapper rapping about murdering somebody, they would be horrified. And to them, it would be like an admission of guilt. But, yeah. Cause, because they don't have context of that that is a lot and of the subject ne- And they're never going to get that context, right? They're never going to connect with that context. Well, it'd be up to the uh, other lawyer to put it in context. Right, but no matter how hard you try... Um, I mean, there are, I mean, one of the sort of fundamental um, rules of evidence that is true in every jurisdiction um, is that. Uh, oh, is, is that state or is that federal that your art is admissible? So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's neither because this is, I mean, it would depend on each, each case, but okay. there's, there's nothing that makes it you know, across the board, inadmissible. Okay. The fact that it's art doesn't make it inadmissible. That's such a weird thing, because then if Stephen King is around any kind of murder, you could be like, this guy has written hundreds of books on people being murdered. Right, I mean, and then, let's hope there's something more than that. I mean, the problem with, like, you know... I mean, the other extreme, which I actually think is incredibly troubling, is when, um, you know, when... When those those two officers were executed, um, yeah. God, how long ago? And was De Blasio that had that was when De Blasio had the that, whole thing. How long ago was that now? Anyway, anyway, um, right after that happened, um, there were a lot of people that started to get charged with um, uh, a violent felony in New York called making terroristic threats. Uh huh. Making terrorist threats. Terrorist. I, I think it's terrorist threats. Okay. Um, which was a law that was enacted. I mean, I think post nine eleven. Um, it's one of those. I don't like, know the exact. Laws. I actually don't know the exact statutory history, but it's it's a serious crime that was, you know, it was drafted to address serious crimes, right? Right. Um, Not domestic ones, but like international. Uh, and and domestic. It could be either, right? Because okay. if it's really it would this is a, st- a state charge but people were getting um prosecuted for making terrorist threats for posting things say on twitter about like basically being pissed off that um you know cops were killing black men with impunity and saying things like uh, like one that i saw come through when i was working was you know like um I'm not going to let that happen to me. If somebody comes after me, I'm going to, you know, something and say something. But right. it's clearly, it's venting. It's clearly venting. I'm going to kill one of those pigs before they get me kind of thing. Right. And um, that's the problem I have with the art being it's, admissible. It's clearly just First Amendment protection. Yeah. Um, and that's where they're actually being prosecuted for the expression itself. 
and and the prosecutors were arguing that this is a threat against police officers and the react and it was happening at a time where like two police officers had been executed which is horrible like it's you know two people that were guilty of nothing were you know shot in the head um but uh but that was a really terrifying reaction that's not the same thing as charging someone with a homicide and and using them and it them saying that they committed the homicide as a lyric as as some of the evidence that they actually committed the homicide right certainly they shouldn't like that should not like there and there are laws although they get pushed back in new york there are laws that say like a person's um statement itself cannot be the entirety of the evidence against them you can that it you cannot sustain right. um a verdict if that is the only evidence against someone and that seems very right to me yeah i mean well that's my problem with art being admissible it's like art is venting right so no, like when no, eminem's ab- on when eminem's rapping about killing his wife and like killing his mother and putting them in the trunk and throwing them in the ocean he's not gonna do that it's just his it's his relief it's his right so so absolutely i totally agree with you but then what do you do if all of a sudden you know his his mom and his wife are dead and they're you know found in his trunk like do you say like that the fact that he said he wanted to do this should not be admissible to a jury. Well, it'd be and a perfect way to it, frame Eminem. Yes, absolutely, and that that would be a great defense, right? If you had that defense, but should we I, go down in history as the people that framed Eminem? Oh, we could totally kill his mom and wife. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, have the, I don't have real negative right. feelings about Eminem. <laughs> I'd rather make another album personally. Um, anyway, so, so I, mostly like, you know, I'm, I am a, you know, defense attorney to my grave and will mostly, um, want to limit admissibility of evidence against my clients at all costs. But as a human being, right. I get that sometimes that should be admissible. I also am very troubled, um, you know, when, when that is the entire basis of a prosecution. Right. But I, I think that when it's not fair, it's like the like what you brought up when it's an all white jury, and if they've never heard hip hop before, they have no context. I mean, the the one of the great problems of the criminal justice system is that um, most of the time it is a black defendant and a primarily white jury, right? And that's still true today. Like I practice in one of the only jurisdictions where that's not really true. Okay, yeah. See, see, I listen. Uh, I mean, I listen to all kinds of music, but. I am tired of hip-hop talking about that. Talking about? Uh, you know, the same crap, the gang stuff, right. murder, oh, yeah. I thought, I thought I didn't know if you meant tired of hip-hop talking about racism or tired of hip-hop talking about... Talking um, about murder, vi- yeah. violence, yeah. and all that stuff. No, yeah, I get that. But then I know like tons of older white people that have never heard it, and if they heard it, they'd be like, oh my God, they'd right. think it was like unique to that one rapper. Yeah. Cut our... I think back it makes me think about like the way that uh you know like my parents would react to like me listening to public enemy in high school uh-huh, right which which i do think like that was actually about racism public enemy yeah yeah i mean and a lot of the hip-hop at, at that moment right there's a lot of the stuff i listened to yeah well it's changed a lot yeah yeah now yeah hip-hop has lost its fun it's very serious now yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, I like it's I like good the to early see era of fun, fun hip hop. You know what though? I gotta say this about you: like you get very charged up when we talk about your job. I do, and that's good. And that's one reason I'll sort of run with it. It's like it's not because I'm, <laughs> I'm not letting you just interview me because I just want you, you know, because I'm an no, egomaniac you... and just want want um, uh, the attention. Like I get. I, I get worked up about You it. get fired up about your job. You like what you do. I can I see that. I absolutely like what I do. Yeah. Yes. That's great. That's yeah. Because most people, like, they just don't want to talk about their job. Or, like, once you bring up their job, like, ah, but my. Like, you could see their soul dying. Yeah. No, I mean, it took me a really long time to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Like, I, it took me, like, a long time to to get here. But I do feel like I figured out. Figured yeah. it out what I want to be when I grow up. You well, you've been Wait, practicing. not that I'm totally grown up, but when are we ever grown up? I'm never going to feel like an adult. I don't think anyone ever feels like an adult. Is that true? I feel like some people do. I think you have to have kids to feel like an adult. That might be it, or or like big financial purchases, like be saddled with like a That's mortgage true. or something like that. Yes. I the the way in which I live is the same as it was. 20 years ago Meaning, uh, yeah I mean with you have some, to ask for a bathroom pass and no. <laughs> get permission from your parents no 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 in the, just in the sense that like I have a paycheck I have my like monthly expenses I don't have a, I don't have a huge amount of debt I don't right. have anybody that I'm responsible for like you know I I rent an apartment and I anyway but want, yeah want some more wine Sort of, I have a little bit. It's a little bit dangerous because I realized I didn't have any dinner. Oh, you didn't eat dinner? I wasn't, yeah, really that hungry before I got here. So I'm getting a little bit tipsy. Mm -hmm. But sure, I'll have a little bit more. Okay. How is this? How is this different from other dates? <laughs> Besides uh, the obvious fact that we're the, on the microphones, the obvious actually changes the dy dynamic a lot. Really? It really does. Yeah. In what way? I'm very conscious of the fact that I'm being recorded. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hearing myself and you echoed back. Um, it it's, feels it's more intimate, though, with the headphones, isn't it? A little bit. It also, I mean, it's sort of like, it kind of takes me outside of myself a little bit. Like, you sort of, I feel like I'm watching it happen. Right. From a different, you know, I, I'm watching myself talk to you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Which is, it's interesting. It's fine. It's, it seems to be going... None of my fears about the experience seem to be playing out. What were your fears? I don't know. That'd be awkward. That there'd be long silences. That it that we'd go into territory that I wasn't comfortable with being recorded. I don't know. I just. Did you think I was going to talk like a lot about a lot of sexual stuff? No, because normally that's not first date stuff. Yeah. Um. It's yeah, not really but, my style. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, there. Look, I mean, dating is intimate, and so, so sometimes you get into the things like people have their public persona and their private persona, and dating often involves the private persona that you don't necessarily want out there. Public, but. yeah. One of the things I love about relationships, you're getting to know me, and I'm getting to know you as people here. But the moment that you enter the bedroom with someone, 
it's almost like it's a totally blank, clear canvas again. Yes. Well, it's a, it's such a different space. Yeah, and it's um, like I could be like I'm a mild mannered person in life, but then in the bedroom, it's like I could be a wild man, and that would right. be totally acceptable. And I yes. love that you get that second chance. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. I, getting hesitant to want to talk about sex now. <laughs> now I'm self-conscious of that. This is being we, could, we could edit anything out. Um. Yeah. It's better than real life. We can edit it out. Um. I. I. I do find it. Yeah. Um interesting how much a dynamic can change like look i mean it's it's a so much is exposed about um things about who you are that you aren't choosing to present when it comes to sex like like you don't have a it's it taps into a lot of like subconscious shit sex sex yeah absolutely hmm subconscious what what do you mean like you know the things like you know there are people that they like something. I mean, like, let's talk about fetishes. Like, I am not someone that has a fetish, but, like, think people, you like, no there are... no fetishes? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, uh, like... Put the whips away! <laughs> that, um, like, whatever it is that, like, sort of, like, associated and attached that sort of, like, sexual charge to some particular thing... Happened when they were young, like young, like happened when you're being formed, and and it's not something you you choose. You don't choose to want to be dominant or submissive. You don't choose to want to be turned on by X, Y, or Z. And look, sex is some of it is just you know innate, like your sort of animal nature. But a lot of it, like sex for humans, is psychological, right? So, well, well. I have, a lot well. of things, yeah. I have a lot of things to say. Well, first of all, it's obviously, we all know this is different for men than it is for women, on the, generally speaking. Yeah. Generally speaking. But it's also really different for the individual. You know, like... That's true. I've had women treat me like the worst male, where being like, no, I, I don't want your number. You know, where like, I've wanted a relationship, right, right, and like, right. no, 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 that was good. It was just that one night. That's it. I've had that happen to right. me before. I've had all, you know, like, it's like... There's, it definitely comes down to the individual, but I'm not sure like how much it has to do with like your past or your parents or anything like that. I, I mean, look, there are some people that their sexuality is very straightforward and sort of like what physically turns them on physically turns them on and they can enjoy sex and they don't have any like baggage. But I think, I think most people have something about how their sexual, like how they discovered their sex sexuality or their interests that that is part of their psyche and how their psyche came of age you know you think it has to do with i think absolutely there it's like a very freudian view of sex i mean i don't know that i'm i mean i'm not a i'm not a freudian but i mean like so if someone has a if someone has a fetish if someone has like a I don't know what's a good example of a fetish. If someone has a fetish where, like, if some guy has a fetish where he wants to, like, wear women's underwear 
before he gets down with a woman. Right. You think it has something to do with their Yeah, I think childhood? that, like, I think probably, and not in a bad way, but mm-hmm. it just means, like, at some point, like, maybe it was, like, the first time they saw women's underwear and they thought it was something that they, you know, it was, like, sort of weird. They'd never seen it before and, like, they sort of, all of a sudden, they associated with sex and, like, that imprinted on them. Right. Right. And and that's that makes sense. Like it, like it was. It, now it's become associated with arousal for them right. because it was sort of like when they were first learned. Like yes, I think there is an aspect of that. Yeah, I, I mean I not don't know. not for like look, sexuality is complicated and everybody's different. It is, yeah. But I do think there is. I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. Do you, why do you have any things that concern you? Like where you're like, oh, I wonder what happened to me. Okay, so this conversation I'm not comfortable with having on the, on when it's about you. No, on recorded. Okay, I'll record it. Okay. Yeah, that makes me nervous. That I'm not sure I'm ready to like share beyond. If it were just the two of us, I would answer that. Okay, we don't have to talk about that. Well, uh, do you ever listen to Savage Love? I do podcast. You do. I like it a lot. Actually, I like that podcast. I haven't listened to it in a while, but I used to listen to it a lot. Okay, so I, I would- like Dan Savage a lot. Do you, do you normally agree, like mostly agree with him? I think he, he always seems like a sensible, sensible human being. Sometimes I'll be like, okay, wait, actually, wait a minute. Do I really agree with him? I find that most of the time he just sounds like he is the voice of reason. Voice of reason, right? And I would, I would guess that, he, I would assume, and I think I've heard him say this before, that like your fetishes don't have much to do with your past. It's not like some some damage or are you trying to make reparations for your childhood i'm not i'm not saying i think it's damage mm-hmm. um mm. i think it i just think it comes from somewhere i put that word in your mouth I'm yeah sorry. like i don't think it's damage i just think it comes from something yeah and and sometimes it doesn't um but no i didn't mean i i totally put that word in yeah, your mouth. yeah that was me yeah um yeah, so no, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that like because like having a fetish is being damaged by any means. But it, but it is. It does kind of infer that because it's like almost like you're trying to make reparations for some. Because it is not normal. Normal being in quotes of like regular. Right. So average. like, so there is no normal, right? Like people just. I well, can't remember who it was. Like somebody. Go ahead. I didn't mean. No, no, no. That well, that's what I love about what I was saying before about how like both partners get the clean, empty canvas. Like I'm getting to know you now, and well, I don't want to say us, but like when two people are getting to know each other, they get to know each other. And then when they enter the bedroom, like I said before, it's like a empty canvas. Like then they rediscover each other from the first time. Right. And like if someone did have some odd fetish. I wouldn't say that it was a sign of like something happening to them as a child. No, no, and it's not. I'm not saying it's like they they had some trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember where where I heard this, but I heard somebody say once that like we're born knowing how to have sex, and I think it was that we're born knowing how knowing to. how to have sex. That like that huh. it's just like that. You know, it was something about um, someone talking about sort of their first. How to think about a first sexual? I didn't know how to have sex. No, but like, but that, like, but that, like, you, your body knows somehow, and it's on some level. Oh, like it's innate. It's right. animal. Like you're gonna right that it's animal, but but everybody f- like discovers sex at a point in their life. They discover that they can become aroused at some point. Right. And and that's formative. 
And it's usually before they know what the hell's going on. Though, absolutely. Right? That's why I think it's sort of like this sort of like not conscious sort of like subconscious type thing is yeah. that you've, is that you find it and you find it in weird ways. And oftentimes that creates an imprint. Isn't that the nice thing about getting older is things just make more sense. There's less angst. Uh, definitely. But it's also the worst thing about getting older is that everything makes sense and there's no, there's no more, there's not the same kind of mystery. That's true. I still feel like there's a lot of mystery. You want some more wine? Can we pause for a second? I want to use the restroom. Yeah, totally. But let's not break our flow. Okay, she's in the bathroom. She's still in the bathroom. Okay, here she comes. All right, I'm back. You're back, okay. Almost back. <laughs> What time is it? Eight thirty-five. What time do you have to go? Um, I don't have to go tonight. Oh, I thought you had. Oh, that was. We we had a scheduling that was problem. Sunday, yeah, right. I really thought this wasn't going to happen. You canceled our first date. I know that's true, and I remember when you responded to that, I was like, "Why be so? Why be so? Why assume?" I love that it's it. not just a scheduling issue. Uh, yeah, I love the word you used was uh, defeatist. Why so defeatist? Oh, I did, I did, yeah, I did say that. That was perfect. Yeah, because, you know, did you ever have you asked any of your friends, like, what if someone canceled your first date? There's no recovering from that. But I didn't cancel. I rescheduled. You rescheduled. That's true. Which that's is different. True. Right. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> um, yeah, I really I tried just, to do that with some Tinder. I really just wasn't feeling well. That's cool. I didn't like do this when I'm not feeling. What did great. you think walking in here? Um, I thought uh, basement apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, nice that you have your own space and that it stay, stays cool. And I also thought that were you worried walking down into a basement apartment? Because I'm very conscious of that when I will let people in. I'm very aware that I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. So they know I'm not like, so they could see no, me. No, no, I wasn't worried in that sense. I was wondering as we were coming down if this was just where your studio was or if it was actually where you lived. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, nothing, no significant thoughts beyond that. Yeah, you weren't like, oh, he lives in I know, I, I, mean, I was happy to see that you're like not a slob, that you've got some <laughs> space to yourself. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's New York and like having your own space is, is huge. I have, yeah. a, I have a roommate. You have a roommate. Um, Which uh, is odd because someone would think, oh, a lawyer of your stature would live alone. It's New York and I don't make a lot of money. I, I, like exactly. According to like the, like what I could pay for rent, like numbers that real estate um, brokers sort of use, I um There's very little wine left. Shall we share it? Sure. I mean, I have a little bit in my cup, but. Me too. I have a very little bit. All right, sure. Let's share it. Um, but I also just can't wrap my head around paying that much for rent. Uh, I should say there are things that are really important for me that I want in an apartment and to get those, um, I would have to pay an amount of rent that I'm just not comfortable paying. Um, 
and I mean, in part, like I would like to someday own a home, and so I'd like to be able to save some money, and I yeah. don't make that much. Yeah. But I I could live in my apartment without without my roommate. Um, you could afford to. I could afford but to. But you choose not to. But I'd rather spend less money on rent. Um, and I mean, my place. I I don't ex- I don't totally have a roommate. By the way, th- I, this is the first time in my life that I've I'm sorry, my first time in my really adult life that I've had a roommate that wasn't like a partner. Um, oh, what, the how- first time in like. I should say the first time since my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's can I say the only thing that's been different about this date being on microphones is that I feel like I wouldn't have talked about other dates and Tinder. Oh, really? If it was a a date without microphones, but I do feel like it's natural and normal to talk about Tinder because that's where we met. I probably, if you were on a date with me, you would have talked about. Tinder. Really? Because I'm fascinated with hearing people. I always ask, tell me about your experiences on this. Interesting. I am too, but I feel like it's kind of a faux pas. It's almost like talking about your ex on a uh, date. Right. So I probably commit, I guess I commit, I commit a, you committed a I faux commit pas. a lot of faux pas. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like if you That's picked up on that pas. from the little amount of time we spend together, but I, I tend to uh, commit faux pas. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it feels natural to talk about it because that's that's where we met. Yes. That's the mutual yes. ground. What's your experience with that? Like if we met at a bar called uh, Left Field, you'd be like, "Oh, do you hang out at Left Field a lot?" Right. Blah blah blah. blah. Why a bar called Left Field? I don't know because it's out of Left Field. Okay. <laughs> I just thought of that. It was just it was this. such a specific, such a specific thing. Um, Specifics. I feel like so we're you said er- earlier, uh, and I, I'm not being like, I'm a, I am a neurotic person, but I'm not being neurotic about this you at all. You don't seem neurotic. But it's, I'm a little neurotic. Um, I'm not neurotic in the like super self-conscious way, but I'm neurotic in like, I reflect on my actions and think and think about things and sort of like post-game them. Like self-aware. Uh, self-aware, but more than... That's one way to put it, but more like I definitely will drive pe- people crazy because I will go back over things uh-huh. and think about whether or not it was the right choice to make in this sort of like until I feel like I'm satisfied with figuring out whether it was the right way to go. Yeah, like I sort of won't totally let go of things uh-huh. if it ma- if it's something that matters to me, right? Okay. Um. Anyway, but this is not a neurotic question. I just a genuine curiosity. What could I have been hiding by only showing a lying down photo of my full body? What could you have been hiding? Oh, because oh. oh, so earlier I said, you know, oh, a red flag, down. a red flag is someone who doesn't show a picture of their body. And the only full, like full body photo I have, right. I happen to be reclining. Um, I like that photo. I think it's a really funny photo because I'm basically like lying down in the middle of a party. But, yeah. um, which I find very amusing, but um, what is it that you that you feared I could be hiding with that, which like you mentioned you, early on? Yeah, like well, you're not like an overweight person, but like you could have been like lying down and like sucking in your stomach to appear thin. So you're worried I was fat, only because of the body shot. I've learned, really? from, uh, yeah, I've learned from Tinder that even a face shot you can't tell. Huh? Yeah. Um. I had this thing when I first got on OkCupid where I was intent on not 
not using the most attractive photos of myself because (laughs) as a woman, Mm -hmm. like I don't, I think that's, that's the smart way to go. But I feel like most people do it the other way. Most people just put their best up and then I'm not going to show a photo of like my, you know, me in a bikini or something like that. Like I don't Mm want to like there's women get enough guys just like, you know, wanting to fuck certainly on Tinder. Right. And, um, and do you get men just like straight up lewd? Absolutely. 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 How often does that happen? Like straight away. If I'm, Every time I am, like, decide to like act, get active on Tinder, it'll be fifty percent. Fifty percent of the men, yes, will, like, who contact me. How do they do it? Like, the first message is like, "Hey, oh you want to fuck?" Basically, yeah. Really? Yeah. Just trying to make it like a hookup app. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I people think that it's a hookup app, and that was a little bit my hesitation about using it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I sort of like the idea. I think I'm using idea. it wrong. You're using I, it wrong. I think I'm using it wrong, and I've re- I've realized this recently mean? because um, I try to have conversations. I, I mean, I, I, I agree with it. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna meet someone for a date unless I've had enough of a conversation with them to know whether or not they're a jerk. How much is enough? How many back and forths? It really depends on the nature of the back and forth. Like the quality of it? The quality of it. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Like if someone like immediately like makes me laugh or somehow like gets me into a conversation of like some substance. Yeah. Like I'm like, okay, let's just meet for coffee. Right. But if it's just like very bland and not that it's necessarily the person's fault, but like we just haven't gotten to the place where we're having a real conversation then i I haven't i haven't had anything that tells me that i want to actually meet the person right it's so hard like all you have is a couple pictures to find something interesting to find like an interesting in right right it's not much to work with but it should be much to work with it should be enough though um but so so something that i've learned about on tinder though that i didn't even know was like a thing or a language but like uh i've had a lot of Hey, you want to play? Play. Yeah, and apparently play means let's just get together and fool around. Oh. And I just like apparently that's just a an invitation that you can put out there. That's interesting. That's like As it that is hello. And I'm sort of in like sorry, like that's not like that is not in any way appealing to me. Like that is mm-hmm. not a flirtatious thing to say that is not like a sexy thing to say that is not a um enticing thing to say to me whatsoever right yeah i would think that would not work with a lot of women no yeah but anyway so there's that then there's other people like have a like a grown-up very like normal let's get to know each other kind of conversation and then their next question will be like have you ever had sex with someone within 30 seconds of meeting them or something? Or within, like, you know... They immediately bring it to sex. And I'm just like... Yeah. yeah. Like, that to me is not also not appealing. Like... Yeah, but it's Tinder, so... Right. Well, you would think that, like, the guys but, that you would swipe right on, you would um, weed them out. Look, I get... I have no judgment. Like, I... I have no, like, 
judgment about people's sexuality. And I certainly don't, you know, think, you know, judge people for having multiple sex, sex partners or for having promiscuous promise pro, or for being promiscuous. Yeah. But, um, uh, but it's just, it's, it's not how I want to engage with people. What do you think about being asked about, like, what do you think about asking or finding out about someone's longest relationship on a first date? Cause like, you know, romance is like when there's, when romance is just like the here and the now and there's only us and the future. And then talking about the other uh, ex or whatever, it just puts you in the past. Right. And it puts you in that place and it takes you away from me and what we right. have going, you know? Right. Although I, I don't know. I mean, romance is, it's when people are at their most vulnerable and can tell you so much about someone that it like people talking about sort of being vulnerable and being in love is a is a pretty intimate thing right yeah i mean you can sort of like yeah but i like to hear people you know talk about being vulnerable but like i'm I'm incapable of lying i I have really like i think that's a great trait terror i mean it's it it is not a uh, a trait that leads to more success in life, but I'm incapable of lying. Um, no, but and it's a often great... over overshare. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before we get off mics, yes. I feel like we should end this soon. Yes, end the recording soon. Is there anything else that we sh- you think we should cover? I have no idea what we were supposed to cover in this whatsoever. Me neither. So, so I have no idea. Is there something, some agenda that you had? Well, it's interesting you should say agenda because that's one thing I find about dates is like, especially when you get older, as uh, a lot of women I've found had an agenda and I've been able to weed that out where women have an agenda of like, oh, I want to meet a certain guy and have a kid. Then you're just like fulfilling this variable. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, it's, probably mostly for women that are a little bit younger than me there are certainly women in their mid-30s I think there are a lot of women out there that are like oh shit I need to find someone to have a kid with well first of all when it comes to kids like the woman has to really want a kid because I do feel like kids are more attached to the mother than the father okay so like not necessarily but okay yeah, I mean, but like, if I was going to have kids with a woman and she was on the fence, I would be like, all right, well, that's a no. Right. Where the father, where if the father was on the fence and the woman was like, yes, I would be like, yeah, do it. Right. I think, I think that's often true that, that women convince men to have kids. And part of that is just like, there is a biological element to it. Biological, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. And then there's the full pile of talking about kids on a first date. Right, there's that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I will say, or at least for me, at my age, I have, and I hope this is true of other women my age, that like figured out you know enough about life that having an agenda makes absolutely no sense. Right. Yeah. Do you have an agenda? I have no agenda. I mean, look, I'd, I want to meet someone that I like a lot mm-hmm. that I get along with right um, I am I came to the conclusion long ago that like uh, 
relationships don't necessarily last forever. Ones that do, good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, ones that don't, it doesn't mean it was a failure. And I'm totally okay with that. I feel like that's a cultural shift that's happening. Like, yeah. I feel like our parents, like, our parents, like, when they broke up, it was like, you're the devil, I hate you, let's never talk again. And now our generation is like, well, that was a successful 20-year marriage. That's great. We right. did it. Right. Like, I, I, I am, I have lived many lives already, and I'm, okay, mm-hmm. and I feel good about that. And they yeah. were, I mean, they weren't all great, like, there were bad things, but um, I guess, I guess what I hope is that um uh the life in which i have intimacy when i that i develop like new intimate connections and excitement for other human beings that are new to me i hope that's not over that's my only agenda i doubt it is definitely that's, that's good especially for someone like you it's like self-aware and present it's not I actually, it is harder to meet and connect with people. I think the more sort of realized you are as a person and the, well, at least if you're realized as the kind of like weirdo that I, that I am like Mm -hmm. a sort of, you know, like you just become certainly for women, like, uh, very sort of like formed and, um, mature realized women can be very intimidating but again but but young that's why i think that's go back to the fact that like sort of young men seem to be drawn to me is that that's compelling to them but maybe not necessarily compelling to a lot of men that um are my peers Hmm. but i think maybe that's just like a male ego thing i will say this about the state is that it is probably one of the more if not the most honest state i've been on oh good and I don't know if that's because we're on microphones or because of who you who we, are or who, or who we are, are together. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, um, like I said before, I'm incapable of, of, of telling a lie to a fault. You think it's to a fault? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hurt you in the past. It's not strategic, right? Like, so, or sometimes, I, I don't just mean tell a lie, but also just like not exposing right like i'm just very like being being open is not always wise you realize you might be the only lawyer that is incapable of a lie <laughs> which sounds like a I'm which okay sounds like that. a lie in and of itself i'm but. a good storyteller which oh. is what which is what um well i like to th- i mean i think it takes being a good storyteller to be a trial attorney right like what i do is tell stories to people um but I that, also that kind of like infers a lie. But no, like it has like I can't tell a story if I don't believe the story. Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you have to craft it, mm, right? Right, right. Yep. Um, and uh, and when you craft a story, you decide which 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 aspect of a series of events you're going to focus on. Like there are many different narratives that can come out of the same. It's like what I was saying before, like every single case, there's no easy answer to whether or not it's usually, or there's usually not an easy answer as to whether the person is, is guilty of the charges. There are so like when something ha- happens between human beings, yeah, 
there are so many different perspectives on those events and so many different stories you can tell. A million ways to take it. I mean, what we've done tonight is pretty amazing. Glad you think so. Glad you think it was was a success. I mean, it's definitely my most first, most memorable first date. I've never had a first date recorded before, so this will definitely. <laughs> so we're done. I think so. Okay. Unless there's good. anything Too else. Too much pressure. The pressure is off. No, that's good. Will the pressure be off when we when we hit stop? I have no idea. A certain aspect of it will, though. Shall we find out? Yeah. Okay. We're hitting stop now. <laughs>